Welcome back to the Marvel Movie Minute, a daily podcast in which we dig in deep to analyze the films of the Marvel Cinematic Universe one minute at a time. I'm Andy Nelson from thenextreel.com. And I'm Pete Wright, also from The Next Reel. We are at the very beginning of the whole MCU ride, looking at John Favreau's 2008 film, Iron Man. And back with us today, we have Joe and Andrew Dorowski. Hey, guys. Thank you for having us back. Mm-hmm. We are thrilled. We're thrilled to have you. Um, we're today looking at Iron Man Minute 103. On today's show, the minute starts with Pepper finally telling us that her key's not working. It's not working. That's what we didn't know. Oh, man. And we were close. <laughs> I know. We were We were waiting. That, that green guess by Pete. Key is, I swore it was green or bouncing. Or something. Or even in her hand. And it ends with Rhodey saying, next time, baby. Oh, not for you, Terrence. Not sorry. for you. Sorry. <laughs> Awkward. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so this. So we finally get to see. Okay. So what do you guys think of this scene? This is where we have Pepper. Uh, we, kind of the agents of Shield reveal this whole like secret thing they have. The door's not working. Uh, Agent Coulson kind of does that great little kind of. He just holds his hand up. The agent behind him puts this thing in his hand. And then Pepper kind of plays it up like, oh, what is that? What is this going to do? Do you, oh, gonna- do you think Coulson and that guy practice that? It's like, okay, if I hold my hand up, give me the door bomb. I I really like it. Do, does, does Pepper come off as just a wee bit too daffy in this sequence? A little bit. It's, it's a little bit like, you don't know, like, these are government agents. Yeah. Like. It's not all, and maybe she's coming from like a tech company perspective, and so she would think, "Oh yeah, it, they're they're going to hack it, right?" And instead of the more directive approach, I I don't think her guess is bad. I don't I don't think the guess of right. like saying, "Oh, this is something that's going to lock the door," is bad. But the delivery does. I, I think that's when maybe it feels a little daffy. I laugh at it. It yeah. is funny, and it's it's a great comedic mm-hmm. moment. But when you want look at it just right. from the character of Pepper, it doesn't feel quite in line with the. Um, you know, the put together person who uh, is actually basically running the company at times. Yeah, but then, totally. but then her physical performance of like getting away from the door and plugging her ears, she obviously gets it immediately. Yeah. Like it's like, oh, right. this is a bomb. Yeah, and she plugs her right. right. All of that works really nicely. It actually is really. I, I don't. I think I agree with you guys. It's it's. She's almost over the top with it. But I end up buying into it. I end up finding her really cute. The way she kind of moves away from the door as quickly as she can in her high heels. Mm-hmm. It all kind of makes me laugh. And it, I don't know. It's it's one of these things where it's like it could have crossed the line. But for some reason, it works for me. Well, it's just her her sort of physical curiosity, like right at, at where she's peeking over his shoulder at five seconds in. Mm-hmm. She's like looking <laughs> oh, over his that? shoulder. What's right. that? Oh, you have a thing right there. I think it's the oh, what's that is yeah. like a little too quaint for Pepper. Yeah, it's right. like yeah. Oh, you have something that's gonna pick the lock. It like that would right. be a, a different take, which I think you could still get the laugh. It's the it's like, oh, what's that little doohickey? <laughs> and then they blow it up. That's the laugh. We already have it built in. To yeah. The effect. And so if she had just said, yeah. "It's like, oh, you have a device to pick the lock," and then he's like, "Not exactly," and and she gets it and and leaves. It's like okay, yeah. I think that still works, and it doesn't it doesn't right. seem to like put so much question on like Pepper's perception of reality. Uh, what well, I'm wondering <laughs> right, if right. some of our, our reaction to Pepper is because it is contrasted right there on screen with the absolute stoicism of Coulson and the other shield agent <laughs> agents. It makes it feel more right. exaggerated than maybe it was during the performance. 
Yeah. Well, and that's, uh, yeah, because it's very much, you know, it's making her seem inept, but it's also making S.H.I.E.L.D. like seem really cool and high tech, right? It's it's like that balance yeah. between the two. And uh, yeah. I've got to say, though, as far as like cool looking at, at like 10, 11 seconds, when you see Coulson fold his arms, everyone else has got like their arms like on their wrists in front of them and he folds his arms, but he doesn't like tuck his hand quite right. <laughs> and so it's like, yeah. it's like you gave up on folding your arms there, buddy. Like, what are you doing? Are you, are you chilly? <laughs> like it, it's, it just like, it doesn't seem like he's really folding his arms. Like I'm watching it. Like I, when I watch it uh, frame by frame, I, I'm actually sort of okay with it. But when you watch it at full speed, it's like he walks into position and then remembers at the very last minute. Oh, I should totally fold my arms here. Yeah. And and does the fold. And that's where he can't quite complete the move. Yeah, he only right. like puts his, one he puts like right. his lower arm he's is just tucked under his himself. elbow. Well, it looks like he's trying to like as he's walking up there, it looks like he's looking at his mark. He's like, Okay, that's where I gotta stop. And I get there. Okay, no, arms up. Oh, yeah. you definitely see his eyes spike the mark right. on the floor. It's all yep. like time. Because I mean they oh, know that totally this right. this thing is blowing up behind them. It yeah. looks like a physical thing is actually blowing up behind them. So yeah, I think that they're trying to time this. Okay, got to hit the mark. Okay, arms up. You know, it's like all of that. But also, like, if you have a little device that's about to blow up the door and you know it's got like a, a six-second timer and then it's just going to pop and that's it, do you want to fold your arms yeah. for that? That's not enough time. Right. Like, I don't need to fold my arms to wait for that. <laughs> right. Maybe hands on the hip, but like, so but like, I wouldn't put my hands in my pocket for that either. It's like, this is three seconds. Right. Well, and these guys, you can, I, what I'm really enjoying right now is the flinch watch, right? <laughs> yes. Because they're supposed to be so stoic. As far as I can tell, we only have one who doesn't seem to flinch at all. There's a lot of uh, eye flinching that happens. A lot of eye yeah, flinching. Yeah, just, just a little yeah. quick blinks and stuff. The one who really right. flinches is Jason. He was the one yesterday yep. that we were keeping our eye on <laughs> who, who's getting all excited. He's like, oh, look at that big arc reactor. This is his first day on the job. And he's the one on the back left. And it looks like he totally like gets nailed by something because uh, like he really flinches. Like yeah, everyone else is like, like clips, his, clips his leg or something. Do you think he's going to have to sit out the, uh, the next bit of action because of that injury? He's like, oh, guys, go on without me. I got to go. Yeah. Get this looked at. <laughs> that wouldn't be a bad thing for old Jason to take a knee on this one. I uh, the the guy on the far back right, who's he? Who's kind of looking down because he seems to really hold it together. That is David Castillo. Yeah, he's oh, he's David. pretty solid. He is. Uh, he's an exceptional non flincher. <laughs> oh, you are right. I just rewatched it. I don't know how many times I've watched that moment now <laughs> during this discussion, but he definitely <laughs> it, holds it to the best. Yeah, yeah, he does. He really does. Hands down. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's it, it, yeah, going from like tiny blinks to a full flinch. I think that this is a pretty uh, fun little moment to kind of watch over and over or just kind of scrub through and see who has the big reactions and who doesn't. There is one other big reaction that we see immediately after. Yes. We need to talk about this cut. We really, really do. Because yesterday we talked about the fact that when they walk up to this door through the window in the door, everything is very brightly lit. And there's like a white and yellow painting on the other side or some sort of wall on the other side. And here we, the door blows and then we have a cut from the other side. The walls are now basement green, at least this lateral wall here. No, no, no. there's stairs on the other side. They're, they're going to go downstairs. There are? Yeah, they got to go downstairs to get to 
to Obadiah. Yeah, he's in the basement. They are not in the well, basement. They're on the, the basement. first floor. That's what I mean. I know that. I know that. But what I'm saying is this cut is super deceiving because when you look at it like this, like we are, it looks as if he looks right over at the door, which just blew open, you know, right next to him. Yeah, it looks like it would be a straight shot. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Right, That's right. what I'm trying to say. Gotcha. It's not something is not is awry. I always took it like he's looking down the hallway at a noise down there. All right, I have a question. But yes, yes. I can see your and, point. Uh, I agree with the the, the cut issue. But um, the, the backlighting behind Stain in this cut, uh huh. What is the what is the light bouncing off of? Is it the water source that is giving that? Yeah, I was going to ask this too. What is the water source in this basement? Is it like flowing sewer yeah. water? <laughs> like. I know this is what we were. Yeah, because this was in the earlier minutes. Like, is is he underneath a pool? Why is there? Well, no, there's the water is there's something over there and the light is hitting it and reflecting it up onto the walls all around him. Because even in the next shot, you cut to the next shot where you see the ironmonger behind him. There are like water reflection like marks like all over the walls, like through the whole basement. I feel like this takes after like a a nuclear uh, power plant, right? Where we're underneath, you know, the whole hot part up at the top. And this is the water cooling like bath. It's the whole thing sits on top of a giant like water cooling mechanism. And they don't have that locked down. They just have it with like with like metal grate flooring over it. Like, what if somebody drops stuff in there? <laughs> Look, man, I'm looking for something. <laughs> That's right. But yeah, like, this is absolutely, like, definitely water. Because I'll reference a previous job. Again, like, I worked as a lifeguard. I know what the, it looks like when water is what? reflecting <laughs> against a wall. And this is definitely what that is. But, like, yeah, why? Yeah. Well, and, you know, I know that John Favreau was really wanting for this whole bit to kind of do like a little alien homage. Uh, and it feels that way. And I guess to that extent, I would argue, OK, in the scenes in Alien, when uh, when they're trying to find the cat in the room and there's all the chains and the water dripping down. None of that really <laughs> makes sense either in, in the spaceship. Like, why is all that there? Who knows? But it works because Ridley Scott's doing it in Alien. Okay. It also made me think of um, the Kenneth Branagh Frankenstein. I remember in a film class just seeing uh, the mad scientist lair and uh, like the teacher was talking about the depth of the like how how every like, uh, you know, few feet there's something interesting in the eye. Like there's just so much depth to that lab. And when we start to see, uh, uh, you know, like the 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 shot with Ironmonger right behind the shoulder and there's the pillars and then there's the weird iron uh you know what what do you call those like iron strut supports that are sticking up like there are interesting layers visually that just keep going back um beyond the Ironmonger armor yeah so to that end there's a lot of interesting things to look at in the shots I, I just so don't, don't works, try and guess, understand right? why <laughs> the water lighting is in there well yeah. And I guess, okay, so I guess, I mean, to Pete's point, I mean, if it, if they are kind of patterning it after kind of a nuclear reactor sort of thing, I mean, you have this giant arc reactor upstairs. Okay, sure. Maybe this basement area is where they keep all the cooling liquid and it's, you know, for whatever reason, kind of flowing under the, the grates in the floor. Uh, I, it doesn't make a lot of sense, but I guess that's the reason why the water would be there. So I guess I guess we kind of buy it. One other option. We had mentioned that it felt kind of out of character for Obadiah Stane to have this kind of uh, underdeveloped workspace when everything else about him is so perfect and refined. Perhaps this was his Zen water garden that he had to convert into a workspace. <laughs> 
Oh. <laughs> I like that. And that's why oh. he's really been losing it lately is he hasn't had his, his self-care, his therapeutic water I'm, garden time. I'm sure he has just on the other side of this is a full-size yes. zen like sand garden and a rake. And he's mm-hmm. he's drawing <laughs> rake patterns in the set. You, I didn't think this movie could get more perfect. <laughs> Maybe that's what he was getting ready to do with the suit. You know, he's he's prepping it so that he can go in the suit and go over there and rake yes. his hand. It's like and rake. Imagine rake. <laughs> the the like the balance that he would feel mixing this advanced yeah. technology with this Zen stone garden. I think in the suit he doesn't use with a nature. rake. He lets the fingers of the suit run through the sand. And we get the, like slow close-ups of him like oh. lifting the sand mm-hmm. up and letting the sand run through and it's the mix of nature and machine. Yeah. This Beautiful. Is, this demands to be seen on IMAX, you guys. <laughs> this is a this is a full format. <laughs> and uh, so this might be getting ahead of things, but was that door the main access point? To this lab like did they have to drag all of the pieces of metal that they built the ironmonger out of through that one door you know it's not very smart <laughs> and then was he going to exit through that door or do, is is there a set of double doors somewhere you'd like to think so <laughs> there's a water entrance you have to enter and exit by submarine I, joseph i have some suspicions about what exiting through that door might look like <laughs> oh no <laughs> We'll see if maybe they reveal that to us. <laughs> I, I wonder. But, I, but yeah, like, like, what's the exit strategy? Right. He's in a basement in a giant suit. Yeah. This, like, uh, shouldn't this, this be... be in a hangar with big <laughs> doors that planes can move through? Well, and they even give us the shot that is really confusing right around 18, right? We have him turn around and run back toward the Ironmonger. And you can see that the little hallway that he is in is shorter than the Ironmonger that (laughs) he was just standing behind. Like, this is the equivalent of a raccoon trap, right? I mean, he gets, he he built the thing in a place that he can never get out of um, without massive destruction. Well, we know he's crazy. So <laughs> I guess that's just all part of it. And maybe the massive destruction was the, the plan. Maybe that's what his engineers were trying to tell him. <laughs> really want that sequence. <laughs> I want that sequence where he comes aware of it. <laughs> you know, I want him to like walk up to that, <laughs> to that like low clearance and just stop. You know, I want a, an ironmonger equivalent. Yeah. Of a forehead slap. <laughs> and then you just hear him muttering <laughs> from the suit. <laughs> Oh, man. Wait a second. <laughs> this doesn't fit. If I pivot a little... If I, <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like moving a couch. <laughs> Maybe if I get some buddies to come and we tip it over. It's like, wait, if I if I rotate it this way and then I, I, I get... Yeah, we tip it upright and then we can rotate it through the doorway. Right. Right. <laughs> uh. Oh, Obadiah, what happened? What happened, buddy? I do like, um, there was a cross cut in an earlier minute that we didn't really talk about where, uh, well, I mean, we talked about, but not necessarily being the straight cross cut, where it was Obadiah putting the battery in to the Ironmonger suit. And that had to be the moment when Tony Stark, however he was doing it, was getting the replacement or the earlier version of his chest piece put in. And here we see Obadiah running to the Ironmonger armor, and then it cuts to Tony putting on the Iron Man armor. So there's some nice parallels there. And we don't mm-hmm. see and we don't see Obadiah yeah. right. getting into his armor. That is that is a nice 
parallel. Yeah, and it's they do a good job of slowly revealing Ironmonger to us. We never really get to see, uh, like, I mean, we only just saw it for the first time in the last minute, and it was from the back. And now mm-hmm. we're seeing it from the front, but it's kind of out of focus in the background. So they're they're very careful with their reveals, which is which is nice. But it is nice. And then we do cut to this Iron Man suit. Now, is this the first time? What do you guys think of this? We've already had kind of these beauty shots of the Iron Man suit kind of coming together around Tony. And I feel like when I watch it, this is the one time where I'm really watching it and going, it looks more digital than real this time. Do do you guys feel that way? Or does it look like it's actually like a real suit coming on him here? I mean, without having the chance to really compare, hard to say, like it it looks pretty good. You know, it's, it's not the worst digital effects we'll see this week. (laughs) Um, No, no. And so without without comparing it to the other ones, I think when he's going for his first flight and it's it's too shiny silver, that makes me a little skeptical. And this one has enough matte to the to the finish where it, it feels a little more realistic. I feel like it's 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 pretty good. I feel like, it, you know, there's a few things that that always kind of I struggle with, like I struggle with a few parts around the legs. Mm-hmm. And then when we get to the chest and we see kind of those those few like little rib pieces kind of clicking into place, those ones never quite look right to me. Yeah. Yeah. They don't look right to me because of what's on the other side of them. Like there's in some of these uh, these little pieces coming together around him, I'm forced to say, like, where is his actual knee in there? It sure feels like there's so much machine that I, I kind of want to see like some, you know, sweats peeking through. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but but there's just so much machine. Where does that's, his body? That's fit? that's the scale that's missing right. from him. To <laughs> what percentage of the Iron Man suit? And and I don't know, you know, if that's applicable to this sequence in particular. But like, what percentage did they have that's like actually hard surface that he is wearing? It's it's like seventy five percent, right? Because he's got the green suit under. I think they yeah, put they him built- in a red suit underneath, so they could even hide the seams a little better. Right. They they built quite a bit of it. Uh, I mean, obviously, when we're watching it here, all of the pieces that are snapping in are all kind of like digital Mm -hmm. uh, elements as they kind of move around. But I think for the most part, uh, I mean, they had kind of built this thing now. But weirdly, like when I'm watching this, I also feel like when I'm looking at Robert Downey Jr.'s face, I kind of feel like his face is digitally in there. Like I struggle trying to go, is this really Robert Downey Jr.? in this suit or is it his double and especially when he turns around after he blasts his car yeah he kind of walks yeah. over and we get he, him turning around like that face just looks digitally added in most there. of the time when when you see his face with the open mask i think that's digitally inserted especially here i mean it's definitely yeah. like digital insert there yeah but i mean it's still pretty good oh yeah yeah it it, it is and you can tell because when that thing slammed, when the mask slams down over his face, if you look at it frame by frame, he doesn't flinch at all. Like there is no flinching like our friends in the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. did when the thing blew. And this is right on his face. I expect yeah. him to say like, ow. Or, yeah. or at least, you know, yeah, register it. Yeah. Yeah, register right. it. Right. Right. But it's still, I mean, 2008, I think for, for, for the time, I mean, it still is pretty mind boggling. And just, it is still cool watching the suit come uh, like come connecting and all the pieces clicking and everything kind of making itself around him. Yeah. 
It's it's satisfying. It was cool, but now I'm obsessed with those rib pieces you pointed out. (laughs) (laughs) And I think it looks like they have... The thing that feels off about it is it looks like they have to kind of like flex into place instead of moving on a hinge into place. And that's where I'm like, what is moving? Right, it squeezes a little bit. Yeah, yeah. What motor is allowing that to happen that way? Right. I... But I do have to say, like, to compare to some contemporary films, it still works a lot better than a really complex Transformers transformation from the Michael Bay films. Like, those were way too complex. There are a lot of moving parts. To be satisfying. And this is, and this is about right. Yeah. Right. It still feels like, okay, I can see, you know the robot parts or the robot arms assembling it around him. I can buy that. This is actually happening. Yeah. Whereas with the, the Michael Bay transformers does like, okay, that's just, that's too much, too much. Yeah. So many moving parts, so many sharp bits of metal sticking out. I'm sorry. Were you talking about the transformations or just the films themselves? When you said that's too much. (laughs) (laughs) So we go from, uh, you know, Tony kind of as as he kind of gets his suit on built around him and everything and he moves his car around. I, this is a really funny moment because we know a lot of time has passed since he was doing his trials with his Mark II and he broke his ceiling. He fell through his house, crushed his piano, crushed his car. A lot more time has passed because he's now built the Mark III suit. He's gone over to Afghanistan and destroyed some, some uh, bad guys over there. And uh, and he's kind of getting himself prepped. But now we know, okay, in all that time, he has done nothing with the damage that he's done. So he still has a hole in his ceiling. And obviously, if there's rain on the ground at Stark <laughs> International, he's getting rain in the house. Well, we, I mean, we established they're, they're pretty far away. What, four right, or five but, hours right, right. as, so as the car drives. <laughs> sure. But still, it's like, what is this guy? Like, I, I know he's very focused right now, but still, like, he doesn't have repairman coming. I mean, he's got the money to go do these repairs. It's through what? Like four floors? Well, yeah. I, at, <laughs> right. at this point, it's we at know it's two. at least at least the, the basement. He goes up into the main room where the piano yeah. is, and then or he's was. out. Yeah, or, or was, right. right? But I still, it's like... the. The garage is right there. The entrance leading out of the house that you flew out before is right there past your motorbikes. <laughs> Why don't you just go out that way? Why do you go through this little tiny he hole? knows how to exit. Oh, dear. I don't know. <laughs> it's, just, it's, it's the strangest decision. Like, I, it does mean something that he's now, like, literally blasting away the race car that, you know, was part of his earlier life. Like, this is the the new... Even even more so than any other point, I think this is like out of the belly of the beast. You know, I'm I'm coming out as a new person uh, at this point. Yeah, and and he literally destroys. You know, just yeah, just misses a part of his previous life because it's in the way. Right. Sure. This is the metaphorical eruption. But I feel like you could have done that and still gone out the other. Two. <laughs> <laughs> like the big opening. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, anyway. Uh, we do get the great moment here, though, when Rhodey, you know, it's that final moment. Rhodey just kind of looking at him like, damn, as he's kind of sees it. And then this was the moment that got big cheers in the audience when I saw it. Huge. Mm-hmm. He Huge. turns around. He sees the Mark II suit behind him on, on its chains. Uh, there's some chains in this in this basement, too. Uh, he sees the Mark II hanging on the chains over there. Next time, baby. 
it's a great moment, regardless of the fact that Terrence Howard disappeared from the, the whole franchise. Um, it is a great moment as he as he looks over there and sees sees the uh, the suit hanging up. And even um, before, I mean, obviously, we know there's going to be a large shared universe. This is one of the first like overt seeds that's being laid for future plans, whatever shape that all may take. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, obviously, there's the shield element as well, which I mean, if, if astute people were paying attention and they caught that that crazy acronym that Agent Coulson throws out there, they might have been aware of that. I was clueless <laughs> from that. Um, but certainly when uh, we saw this uh, suit, it's like, oh, this is exciting, especially it's like next time, baby. Very exciting. Very exciting yeah. moment. Right. And we did see Captain America's shield broken apart in another minute. Right. Way exactly. Back. Well, I don't know that too many people picked up on that during the first viewing. <laughs> the right people Those did. Who, who spotted the geek shibboleth <laughs> lying there? The the chosen the chosen people did. <laughs> the gatekeepers. Right. <laughs> the true fans. Should we say it that way? Yes. That's right. That's right. The true believers. The true believers. Hey, look at that. Uh, the superhero hipsters who loved superheroes before <laughs> it was cool and a billion dollar industry. That's right. Right. Uh, That's right. Joseph, you right. know that we both had shoeboxes full of those cards. <laughs> yeah. Yes. This is how we, how we had to get our fix on superheroes. <laughs> we get those cards with the stats on the back. Oh, all, the, all that good information. And, and see how many different Iron Man armors we could pick up. Did you guys have the um uh what was Marvel's uh like the the uh the uh I can't remember what it's called but the the guide to all the Marvel characters did you have all those the official handbook of the Marvel universe the the alt, uh, yeah official official handbook I've had uh, a few volumes I mean yeah when I was growing up that was before like everything was out in both like the essential volume and the trade paperback volume and there were lots of ways to get those um but I may have had like an issue or two but not like the complete 12 issues they did initially and then they kept re you know updating them and then they started doing the like character encyclopedias so you could get the complete spider-man encyclopedia get all the details on all each of the Mm -hmm. characters yeah those were great i loved all Mm -hmm. those just reading through all the different characters and all their iterations it was so much fun but then they came out with the internet and you could just do wikipedia (laughs) right then you have Marvel Wikia and just, yeah, I mean, you know, who needs those anymore? Kids do, today do not know what it was like to try and figure out character backstory. <laughs> <laughs> well, and then like Marvel's website before, before every fandom was getting its own Wikia, Marvel's website, you know, had pretty much digitized those, those encyclopedia entries. And I do remember going through that and like reading character biographies where it's got like all of these stories. It's like, continuity is crazy and there's no way that they've done this in you know the the technical marvel 10 year rolling time frame like there's just too much adventure right right but if you had the internet and didn't necessarily have access to a lot of comics that's where i was reading about the characters absolutely you know you get on there and it's like well i'm into superheroes so i'm gonna get what i can get and if i'm just reading summaries of their stuff and their power stats and all that stuff is like it it scratched the geeky itch. Yeah, gave you that fix. Mhm. But now you got the movies. Yeah, and and all these different universes and everything too and it's always uh it's interesting kind of the way that Marvel has kind of done that where they they're balancing things out by creating just different, you know, the the different universes and everything and how this you know the comics are kind of 616 and this is I think what 
one nine 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 nine. I think that they've they've dubbed this universe. Yeah, and then well, you can find the lists where they've got like all of the specifically codified universe numbers. Right. And I don't know how many official ones there are, but it's probably over a hundred. Oh yeah, because anytime they come up with a new thing in in a, a line of comics, and you know if mm-hmm. it's working, they can keep it in six sixteen. If it's not quite working, they can go. Oh, you know that's in this universe. D- does every issue of What If spawn a new universe? Uh, not every <laughs> single one. I think some of them share universes, but yeah, most of them would would be their own. Um, right. Yeah. The Exiles series or series because oh, they were hopping around that different dimensions. Um, yeah, those would all represent a variety, but some of them were bouncing through various what ifs. Um, yeah. So there's, I mean, all the movies, video games, every video game, I think represents its own, unless it's a series. That's a lot of universes. And I feel like we've only tapped the, uh, the ice, uh, just the, the tip of the iceberg, as far as, uh, like looking at Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. I mean, that we saw what, like maybe, you know, six, six or so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there's so many more, so many more. <laughs> Um, let's see. Is there anything else about this minute? Oh, you know, I had I had one more question for you guys. So so Tony says, or Rhodey says to Tony, do you need me to do anything else? And Tony says, keep the skies clear. Do you think that he was like actually meaning, okay, call, you know, the Air Force and make sure that nobody's There's up no there. There's no air traffic over right. LA right Cause now. Because I'm going to be fighting a bad guy and we're going to be making a big mess. Um, because Rhodey is a terrible listener. Like, he's just like, Next time, baby. He looks at the suit, and then, well, we'll find out what he does next time. But um, I don't think he's doing a good job at, like, following through with taking care of uh, what Tony's asking him to do. Or maybe he's just saying, look, Rhodey, I know you have questions. Just don't do anything else, <laughs> right? Don't add to the problems that we're trying to solve. Just here, don't help. Right? Keep don't, don't help. Don't Stay off my, Air my Force side, Rhodey. Is that what he's meaning? <laughs> That's how I look at it. No scrambling jets. Just don't encourage that because i know the same air force post that sent jets after me in afghanistan is gonna be checking out la right <laughs> right the exact same operations room with the exact it's same the staff same people yeah <laughs> they're yeah. gonna be looking for me here so make sure that's okay <laughs> like the military has more than one base right <laughs> Not in this universe. Nope. Only this That's one. It. That's the one. In, which which is Afghanistan and Los Angeles. Which is in driving distance from Tony Stark's house. Of course it is. It's a lot closer than Shield. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's in the valley. Oh, well, uh, I, I guess that's it for today. We should uh, wrap this one up and we can uh, talk about more stuff tomorrow and figure out what Rhodey's going to do. Sounds good to me. Let's go for it. All right. Well, again, thanks, guys, for joining us today. Thank you. It was uh, a pleasure. And uh, I, I just I'm learning more about this film with every conversation we have. <laughs> <laughs> so many things to learn. Uh, do you guys want to remind everybody where they can find you out there? Uh, yeah, uh, just an, another opportunity. If you're interested in visiting Amazon, I have edited a series of essay collections on superheroes. So there are volumes out there called The Ages of Superman, The Ages of Wonder Woman, and so on for Iron Man, The Avengers, The X-Men, Hulk trying to remember justice league and there's one coming out on the flash and black panther soon so uh if you are interested in uh, like a, a more academic look at the comic book uh stories of some of these superhero characters you might, you might want to go check those out nice outstanding 
Joseph, that's one each on Flash and Black Panther, right? Not a single volume covering both. Because that would be weird. Yeah, that would be weird. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, I didn't, I didn't combo those. Yeah. Yeah. No, the Flash one is uh, coming out soon. And the Black Panther one, maybe at the end of this year, maybe early next year. We'll see. You know what? I'm going to make it easy. I'm just going to go ahead and link to your author page on Amazon. <laughs> How would that be? Would that be okay? That, that would be great. <laughs> Look at all that stuff. When do you have time to actually watch movies and read comics? Uh, the, the pace is slowing. Uh, I will say. <laughs> That's not what it used to be. Yeah, I hear you there. And uh, you can find me at Disney Animation Minute Essentials in your various podcatchers. Which just gets better every day you plug in. <laughs> yes. It, it, retention requires repetition. That's exactly right. <laughs> Awesome. Well, everybody, thank you so much uh, for tuning in today. Uh, remember, make sure you subscribe to the show for free at marvelmovieminute.com. Join us over in our Discord chat room and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at The Next Reel. And if you like what we do and you want to support us and get some cool stuff, become a patron over at thenextreel.com slash Patreon. Until next time, true believers. True believers.